Wretched Radio begins in three, two, one. Now, I am not reintroducing the idea of purgatory. But on the other hand, I do believe the baby was thrown out with the bathwater. With that came a belief. When you die, you're instantaneously and magically made perfect. The soul of someone who dies immediately goes into eternity. There is no place where you make up for your sins. There is no purgatory. In the twinkling of an eye, we shall be changed. It's time for Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. Hi. There's a guy that I'd like to catch up with who looks, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Interesting. He's uh, without a shirt, and he's full of tattoos, and I'd like to talk to him about his belief in God. This is our one day a week where we go out into the street and witness to people to see what they believe or don't believe about God, and this guy has got some stuff that I think might be very interesting for us to hear. Excuse me. Hey, have you got a minute to talk to me on the radio? Would you be willing to talk? Cool. What's your name? Jordan. Jordan, nice to meet you. My name's Todd. We're talking to people today about the afterlife. Oh, really? Yeah, kind of cool. Huh? First of all, you got to tell me about all these tattoos that are on your body. What's, what's going on here? Got some ink. Like the skulls? Any significance? That's personal. Just personal stuff. So tell me, do you have any beliefs about the afterlife? Like what happens to you when you die? You're just dead. You're just dead. Don't go anywhere. Nope. No heaven, no hell? Nothing. What about God? What about him? Do you believe in God? Not really. How come? I don't know, man. Just never really thought about it. It all seems a little like a big fairy tale, kind of. You ever go to church as a kid? Yeah, it's confirmed uh, Lutheran. But you didn't believe it? No, not really. I don't know. What do you think about the idea that God might judge all of us when we die? I guess. If he's there, maybe. They say. I don't really know. Okay, so if he's going to do that, how do you think you're going to fare? I'll probably go to hell. Wow. Really? You think that? I got a box seat with Hitler. You got a box seat with Hitler. Well, that's not a pleasant thought. What do you think hell's going to be like? I don't know. Does it ever concern you that the place might be real? Nope. Really? So the thought of spending eternity in a miserable place doesn't trouble you at all? Why be scared of something that's probably not even there? You know? Why worry about it? Uh, probably. I mean, it's, but it's probably it might, right? Not in my mind. Would you sell one of your eyes for a million dollars? Probably not. Why not? It's my eye, man. I can get another one. It's real precious, isn't it? What about, uh, would you sell two of your eyes for two million dollars? Nope. Because they are really important to you, aren't they? Mm-hmm. How much more important do you think your eternal soul is compared to your eyes? You know, I've offered that thing out. I've said, you know, to anybody who wants it, they can take it. You know, give me some money for it. I'd, I'd do that. Be like a rock star or something and go around like Motley Crue. So you don't care about your eternal soul? Not really. I don't believe it. Do you want to live or do you want to die? I'd rather live. How come? <laughs> what do you mean, how come? <laughs> well, I mean, you want to live right now, right? In your body? Yep. So why aren't you concerned about living when you die? Because I don't believe in that, man. I don't believe in an afterlife. When you're dead, you're dead. You're just dead. And nothing changes that. Hmm. No, that's what I believe, man. Okay, so let's just, let's just for yucks, let's just say that um, God has you before him and he's going to judge you for eternity. Yeah. And he says, uh, you ever stolen anything, ever lied, ever looked at a woman with lust in your heart, ever disrespected your parents, ever blasphemed my name? What are you going to say? Yep. Yeah, and so... Do you, th you think you're going to be innocent or guilty before God? I'll be guilty. 
All right, so you're, you think you're going to go to hell? More than likely. Dude, you really are that cavalier about it? Yep, I guess. We're going to hell. Oh, well. You know what? I don't believe you. I'm sorry. I just don't believe you. I can't believe that you wouldn't sell your eyes for a million dollars, but you're willing to let your soul go to hell. <laughs> well, you know, my eyes and uh, reality is right now in some fairy tale and uh, my, my spirit. So what evidence have you considered to help you conclude that it's not real, that God doesn't exist, there's no afterlife? I don't really know. I guess I'd have to think about that one. Have you, have you pondered it much? Not really. I don't really think about God and the whole the big picture, I guess. I just try to go to work and make some money and have a good time. So your eternal soul is weighing in the balance, and you haven't taken any time to consider it. Nope. But nonetheless, you've concluded that it's not real. That's right. It's not real. But without any evidence, you've concluded that. Yeah, I just think uh, we're just a bunch of evolved... I don't know, ants, you know, just we're on this big rock and the Okay, so if I had evidence for you, would you be open to considering it? Sure. All right, let's take a look around us right now. Here, in fact, I'll tell you what, see back there, yep. up on the wall, that big Brits pub, that big painting? Yep. Who do you think put that there? Uh, hopefully the Painters Union. Painters Union put that painting there. Okay, what about the building that it's on? Who, who got that building there? Uh, hopefully that's some uh, union shop. A builder? Builder. Okay, so a painting put the painting there. A build a builder put the building there. What about these trees right behind you? Who put those there? I imagine they got planted or something. Okay, so where did they come from though? It came from the earth. And where did the earth come from? I don't know. Really don't know. Well if we're gonna be consistent and conclude that a painter put the painting there, a builder oh, put so the building there, who put the creation there? Here. Oh yeah. Well, it seems to follow logically, don't you think? I don't know, I guess. Sure. I mean, would you imagine that that building just appeared over millions and millions of years? Uh, no, probably, like I said, probably a contractor put it there. Okay, so why would you think that this beautiful sky, the clouds, the sun, everything that you see just got here somehow randomly by chance when you don't even believe that that painting got here by chance? Yeah, I don't even know. I think there's a, there's got to be an answer there, but I don't think it's God really don't. Okay, but don't you think, now you're, you're, because you're pretty young, and it's probably not a concern, death and dying and all of that, but if there's a designer and if there's a God to this whole planet and he put it here, don't you think it's worth a few minutes of time to consider, I wonder if he's really there, and if he is, just what exactly does he want from me? Yeah, I suppose. Can I share a little something with you? Sure. All right. Where do you work, by the way? Doing a job I called in today. I was hungover. Called said I ain't coming in today. So you're hungover right now? Very hungover. Okay, I want to share something with you, and you can be on your way, all right? When you wake up feeling really lousy from drinking too much liquor, yep. I want to tell you what the Bible says about a place called hell. Okay. If you, if, okay. Not even close. As miserable as you feel when you wake up hungover, let me tell you, this just pales in comparison to what God says hell is like, all right? Because he says that he's going to judge everybody. When they die, the Bible says you're going to be absent from your body, present with the Lord, where you're going to give an account for every thought, every word, every deed, every action, and he's going to judge you. And you've confessed you're going to be found guilty. And he says the guilty people, idolaters, adulterers, blasphemers, they're all going to spend eternity in a lake of sulfur, where this hangover would be like a joyride in comparison, all right? 
And I don't know who you are. I don't know where you're going when this is all done, but I just assume you didn't go to a place like that. Thanks, man. I'm glad you're looking out for me. Well, I'd hate to see you go to hell. And I hope that you would consider what it's going to take to get yourself out of that hot seat. Do you have any idea what it might take to not go to hell? According to the Bible. I have no idea. Do you remember anything from confirmation about Easter? You know, I cheated in confirmation. <laughs> All right, do you remember, what do you know about Easter? <laughs> What's that? What do you know about Easter? Uh, that's when Christ came back. He's risen. He's risen from the dead. Why do you think that happened? I don't even know. I don't even believe that either. But I know, but why do you think that happened? I don't know. I can't remember, really. Why did that happen? Well, the Bible says that he's God. He's God's son. And he came to this earth, and he was brutally murdered, and he was put on a cross, and he died. And then three days later, he rose from the dead, went back to heaven. Do you have any idea why God himself would be brutally murdered and put on a cross? I have no idea. You cheated a lot in confirmation, didn't you? I did. Because this is like the basics, man. Yeah, you know, I didn't really pay attention that much. Okay, so Jesus died on a cross because God said that if you're not perfect, he can't be in heaven with me because he can't have sinful stuff around him. And the only way that he could have you with him for eternity or me with him for eternity is if somehow all of the sins you committed, they were somehow paid for, that they were atoned for, that instead of you being punished for them, somehow somebody took your sins away. And that's what Jesus Christ did 2,000 years ago. He died on a cross, so instead of you being found guilty, he took the punishment so you can go to heaven. What do you think of that concept? Well, about burning in hell, uh, you know what they say, you'll be too busy shaking hands to, with all your friends to worry about it. Well, that's a nice idea, but that's not what it's going to be like, and I think you know yeah, that. Then there is no beer. That's why we drink it here. So, right. All right, that's the concept, all right, that God wants to save you. He doesn't want you to go to hell. He wants you to be saved, and he wants you to spend eternity with him. And so he made a plan in Jesus Christ so that you don't have to go to hell. Very basic. It's really simple. You broke the law. Jesus paid the fine. We did break the law today already. Yeah, but we're talking about God's law, oh, the Ten Commandments. Yeah. All right. All right, what do you think about what I just said to you? Ah, uh, same old <laughs> you know. Same old stuff. You're not interested, are you? Because life is pretty fun, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Well, it's the guy's days, that's for sure. But the reality is you'd rather party and have a good life, even if maybe God does exist, because you just don't want to do what he says, do you? Yeah, I've got him my own man. I like to do what I want. You know. You've been really nice to talk to me this long. I appreciate it. Hey, can I give you a little thing to take and read with you? Sure. I'll bet you won't, but we'll give it a shot anyway. Hey, I got a long walk. You got a long walk. There you go, buddy. Right. Most important thing you can ever ponder in your whole life. Are you good enough to go to heaven? No, I'm not. I'm uh. That's okay, but still. Well, here's your chance to change it, dude. Well, it was nice talking to you, man. All right, we'll see you. Thanks very much. Well, there you go. There's a uh, young man who's 22 years old who hasn't pondered it for a minute and couldn't care because... This is fun. Well, you know, there's going to come a day where it's not going to be as fun as it is at the moment. Hopefully, Jordan's eyes will open before then. All right. Well, stay with us. Hang tight. We don't want you to go anywhere. We'll continue to revisit this trip time took to downtown Minnesota a few years ago next. It's Witness Wednesday on Wretched Radio. I would say the Tomorrow Clubs is a wonderful ministry. Kids are getting saved like crazy, not just in Eastern Europe, but also in Africa. And it's so efficient. I was just with Paul and Cindy Marty, and I asked, and I said, in in American currency, how much does it cost 
to have a kid come to a Tomorrow Club four times a month, so every single week. What, what's the, what does it take to make that happen? Ready? A buck, one dollar. That's it. The kid comes, they get treats, they get materials that they learn the Bible, they memorize a buck because it's it's all volunteer driven. All those dear ones, they're volunteers. It's an amazing ministry. And if you have a heart for the lost in Eastern Europe, Africa, and you love supporting ministries that are super efficient and biblically sound, I would point you in the direction of tomorrowclub.org slash wretched, tomorrowclub.org slash wretched, and ask how many children might I be able to support per month? Hey, thanks for listening to Wretched Radio today. Well, we want to say a huge thank you to our faithful gospel partners. Without you, none of this is possible. So you have a direct responsibility for everyone touched by this Wretched Radio program. Just listen to what Cindy from Ohio had to say. She said, quote, before I started listening to Wretched Radio, I was confused and drifting from my faith. But the sound teaching opened my eyes to the truth in a new way. Now I'm grounded in God's word more than ever before, and I want to empower Wretched to have the same impact on others' lives. So from all of us here at Wretched, we want to thank you for standing firm with us as a gospel partner. And we want to ask those of you who have not yet joined us as an ongoing monthly gospel partner, would you prayerfully consider doing so? You can find out all the answers to all of the questions you may possibly have at wretched.org slash donate. Wretched. Amazing grace. Amazing gospel. As you know, we like to talk about MediShare here because it's affordable biblical health sharing. And I actually saw an ad from MediShare announcing themselves to missionaries. How smart is that? What a blessing that might be. If you're not familiar with MediShare, it's an alternative to traditional health insurance which means it's alternatively less expensive. The average family saves about $500 per month. It's Christians sharing the health burdens of other Christians. It's a beautiful thing, whether you're a missionary or not. If in that is a need you have, I encourage you, metashare.com slash wretched, metashare.com slash wretched, or call them and talk to a nice person who's gonna pray for you and they will tell you what your family can anticipate. And you can ask questions. 844-34-BIBLE, 844-34-BIBLE. Important dates in Christian history. 1793, William Carey sails as a missionary to India. In the next 40 years, he would oversee more Bible translations than had previously been produced in all of Christian history. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. I'm having a little debate in my brain right now whether we should talk to somebody who is awake or somebody who's sleeping. There's a guy sleeping. Hey, will you guys talk to me on the radio? What's your name? Lindsay. How you doing, Lindsay? I'm Todd. Are you working and just taking a little break? Yeah, a little break. Okay, so we're out talking to people. You ready for this? We're talking to people about what happens to them when they die. What do you think happens to you when you die, Lindsay? Um, I think if you're good, you go to heaven. Do you think you're a good person? I am a good person. So you think you're going to heaven? Yes. Okay, so how do you know if you're good? Oh, I don't know. You... Let's do a quiz, all right? Okay, let's do a quiz. How do you know if you're a good person? Have you ever told a lie? Um, Probably. Okay, so if you've told a lie, what kind of person tells a lie? 
Well, I only do it if it's good for the other person, if it's something that they shouldn't know. Like, if it's going to hurt them to know the truth, then I would tell a lie. Okay, but if I told a lie, what would I be? You'd be bad if it was a lie to your benefit, I think. I'd be a liar, wouldn't I? a liar. Okay. So have you ever stolen anything? Never. Ever? Ever. Nothing? Nothing. Now, you just told me you're a liar. <laughs> How am I supposed to believe this? Not a piece of gum, paperclip, long-distance phone call at work, anything? No. Oh, yes, that counts. Hold on. We can do the test with you next if you'd like. Any not a piece of um, some money out of your parents' pockets when you were a kid? Maybe something something very small. Oh, what did I just hear in the background? Okay, so there's some revealing information. Did you ever steal some alcohol from your parents' cabinet when you were a kid? Back when I was a kid, long time ago. Okay. How's about this one? As you're sitting here in this beautiful plaza, looking out over things, have you ever looked at anybody in, uh, with lust in your heart? Probably, but not here today. Okay, but not here today. Nothing good today, huh? No, no goods. Okay, but you've done that before. So, um, lying, stealing, and lusting after somebody in your heart, after somebody. You think you're pretty good? So let's just say you stand before God on Judgment Day, and he drills you like that, gives you the Ten Commandments, like I just gave you three of the Ten Commandments. Do you think you'll be innocent or guilty? I think that God will forgive me for any little things that I've done wrong. Well, first of all, let's establish if you're going to be innocent or guilty. What do you think? Probably guilty, I guess. Okay, so if you're going to be guilty, do you think that you're going to go to heaven or hell? I'm still going to go to heaven. When you're guilty? He's going to let guilty people into heaven? Why would he do that? Because he's going to forgive me. Why? Because <laughs> oh. God forgives. Because God forgives. Why? So he's going so to so let uh, rapists and murderers and no. blasphemers and not them. No, I think that he's kind of got a continuum. And if you're like way on one end, then. All right. We went through three commandments. How's about this one? Have you ever been angry at anybody? Yeah, I've been angry. Okay, the Bible says that if you're angry with somebody, that's the same as committing murder in your heart because God judges the intentions of the heart. Yeah. So what do you think about that idea? So if God judges you and finds you guilty of murder, do you think you're still going to heaven? I'm not going to be guilty of murder. Well, that's what Jesus said, that if, you, if, you look at some, if you're angry with somebody, that's like murder. And he also said that if you just look at somebody with lust in your heart, that's the same as committing adultery. So you've done those two things, and you're going to be guilty... Is he going to let you into heaven? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Why? It was so frustrating. Well, really, I mean, this is kind of important. If it's true, you said that you think you're going to heaven. If you think that your soul's going to live on, and if it's possible you're not going to heaven, I think it's kind of important to figure out now, don't you? Probably. So what, what are you suggesting I do? Well, I don't have a suggestion right yet, but I'm just wondering why you think that God's going to let you into heaven if you've broken his commandments. I get, I'll figure that out. I'll have to figure that out and get back to you. So you don't know right now? Nope, don't know. So do you think that the scenario that I'm painting is possible? Yes. Okay, so now can I give you my suggestion? Okay, yeah. All right. You mentioned Christianity, right? What do you know about Christianity? Um, Specifically, what do you know about Jesus Christ? Jesus died on a cross for our sins. Really? That's an interesting bite of information. What does that mean? It means that when he gave up his life for us, that he was washing away our sins. Well, that's interesting new information. I thought you were going to heaven because you're a good person. 
I'm going to heaven because of Jesus. That's interesting. Yeah, I think that's how you need to get to heaven too. I think I think that's I think that's how you need to get to heaven too. Because the Bible says when you die, you're going to be absent from your body, present with the Lord, and he's going to judge you for every thought, every word, every deed, every action, everything that's ever gone through your brain. And you're going to have to give an account. And as you indicated, you're going to be found guilty. And unless you have somebody to pay your fine for you, you're in a world of trouble. And God's going to send people to hell for breaking his laws. And like you said, Jesus Christ, 2,000 years ago, the Son of God, came to earth, died on a cross, took the punishment that you should get, so that you'll be found not guilty on your day of judgment. Okay. Uh, here's the, here's, here's, you agree with that? So here's the tricky part, though. What do you do with that information? You do good for other people. Okay, now, what do you do specifically with the information that Jesus Christ died for your sins so that you don't have to be punished? Spread the word. What do you do with it personally? Before you spread it, yeah, what do you, I mean, that, that little information that we just went through, where do we, what does that do for you or to you, or what do you do with that information? Uh, I'm going to be a leader for a church group for high school students and spread the word to them and help them spread the word to their friends. Okay, that's all, that's all good stuff. But this is, the, this is the tricky part that a lot of people don't understand. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to help you understand it by way of a story, okay? I want to put you on an airplane, and you're flying along at 35,000 feet. When the pilot comes on and says, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for flying our airline, I have some bad news. The tail just fell off of the airplane. We're going to be crashing in just a few moments. Oh, by the way, there's a parachute underneath everybody's seat. Now, what would you do with that parachute in that situation? I'm going to strap it on my back and live. Yeah, exactly. You're going to put it... Why Now, why don't you just sit there and go, ah, yes, there's a parachute underneath my seat that would save me. I believe that, but you don't put it on. Why wouldn't you do that? You have a death wish? <laughs> exactly. You would, because it doesn't save you. Just believing in it doesn't save you, does it? No, no. Same thing is true with that information about Jesus Christ. The Bible says it's not enough to just believe in it, to go, oh, yeah, I believe that that could save me. Because the Bible says that even the demons believe that, and they tremble, but they're not going to heaven. So you need to put on the Lord Jesus Christ, just like you put on a parachute, in order to be saved. All right? What do you think of that idea? Great idea. All right. So what do you think you're going to do with that information? Oh, jeez. I'm going to wear it. Okay, and what happens if you don't? You're going to come back and haunt me? Nope. Then, I don't know, I don't have a good answer to that. How old are you? I'm 22. 22. You're very young. How long do you think you're going to live? 94. 94, so a long time from now. But it's possible that you could die today or get some really horrible news and die soon, right? Right. Okay, that's why this is actually very important. That's, all, that's what the Bible teaches, that you need to put on the Lord Jesus Christ so that when your day of judgment comes, and we never know when that is, you'll be right before God. So I would just encourage you to think about what we talked about and think about getting right before God. Okay, I'll do that. Do you know how to do that? Where Jesus Christ. Yeah, how do you do that? How do you make that start? I don't know. You better tell me. Alrighty, as long as you've asked. What you need to do is find a quiet place. Get before God and say, God, I'm sorry. I didn't understand. I didn't know that you're going to judge me someday, and I didn't realize um, how poorly I was going to do on that day. And I ask you to forgive me of my sins because Jesus died for them, and I want to make you the Lord of my life, and I promise to follow you all the days of my life. And then he forgives you for your sins. You get up, you start reading his Bible, do what it says. And then you move from death to life, and you won't go to hell anymore, and you'll go to heaven to be with the one who loves you so much that despite the fact you broke his law, he saves you anyway. Good. Sounds good to me.
You're being kind of sarcastic with me, aren't you? No, I'm not. All right. Hey, can I give you something to read on your next uh, little break here? All right. I know you're 22. Are you good enough to go to heaven? Most important question you can ever ask. Okay? Okay. Thanks very much for your time. I appreciate it. Okay, see ya. How can you stand sitting out here this long? I don't know. I just love the sun. Anna, do you have sunblock on? No, none. Uh, you know, when I was 22, you could sit out in the sun forever. You sit out in the sun now for like 15 minutes. You're going to get cooked, you know? Well, that's the... See, I'm not just worried about your soul. I'm worried about your skin. <laughs> the plan is to be tan. See, I don't want you to bake any place. That's what I'm getting at here. All right. Hey, thanks for your time, okay? Okay, see ya. One of the things that I've noticed about these witness encounters, that when you follow this basic formula of, do you think you're a good person, walking somebody through the commandments, when you get to innocent or guilty, that's when it starts to happen. And when you finally get them to confess, I'm going to be guilty before God, their face changes, doesn't it? They get a different look on their face like, oh boy, this I don't know for sure where it's going, but I sense that it's not going the way that I want it to go. <laughs> well, that's, that's probably putting it mildly. Hey, we have much more witnessing from downtown Minnesota still to come as we continue to revisit this trip Todd made several years ago. But before we get into this break, I want to remind you that going on right now in the Wretched store at Wretched.org is our year-end sale. We have slashed prices up to 50% off on most things in stock. Also, if you spend 50 $50 or more, we're going to ship it to you at no charge. And if you spend $75 or more, you can snag one of these limited edition Wretched Tumblers, 40 ounces. Think Stanley, but of the Wretched variety. You can grab yours by spending $75 or more only during the Wretched Year in Sale. So all of that is going on right now at Wretched.org. All right, we have much more witnessing from Todd's trip to Minnesota a few years ago still to come. Don't you go anywhere. It's a Witness Wednesday on Wretched Radio. And it's now time for a Wretched News Break here on Wretched Radio. I'm Jimmy Hicks. Well, Google recently lost a major antitrust lawsuit that was brought on by the makers of Fortnite, Epic Games. The judge in the case ruled that Google's Play Store had engaged in anti-competitive conduct by forcing app developers to use their payment system. And now it seems that Google may owe Epic Games damages. And shifting topics, a new report found that nine abortion clinics in the state of Pennsylvania have failed health inspections just in the last year for safety violations like poor patient monitoring and expired medicines. How about actually murdering children? Was that on the list? And in a story of institutional pressure, the New York Post recently accused Harvard of threatening them. The conflict involves Harvard's president, who the Post caught plagiarizing multiple passages in her latest book. That's a big ordeal that's going on right now. They contacted Harvard for comment back in September, and university officials allegedly intimidated them against running the story. So the plagiarism remained buried. That is until now. And speaking of cancellations, Target has hit a landmine this Christmas season for selling these so-called gender-fluid Santa ornaments. Yeah, the rainbow-colored St. Nick decor sparked instant outrage. I'm sure it has. Over a million moms have signed a petition urging Target to discontinue the inclusive Santa line. And the spokesman for Target replied, saying the merchandise reflects their mission of diversity and does not diminish traditional symbols. Well, I think I would argue with that one. 
Finally, our hearts do go out today for persecuted believers all over the world, but specifically in Burkina Faso, where radical terrorists have recently launched another deadly assault against Christians. The unprovoked violence have left dozens dead, adding to years of ongoing persecution in that region. As we tell you so frequently here at Wretched, please make sure that you are praying for all of our persecuted brothers and sisters abroad. And that has been today's Wretched News Break. More Wretched Radio is straight ahead. I'm Jimmy Hicks. Books of the Bible Paul wrote the second letter to the Thessalonians to further encourage and instruct them in the face of persecution. Some Thessalonians feared that they had missed the Lord's return. Paul reminds them that God will punish those who persecute the church, and he will be faithful to return for his people. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. Hey, did you hear any of that stuff? Tell me what you thought about what I just said, okay? What's your name? Erin. Erin, what'd you think about what we just talked about? Well, considering I was answering a lot of the questions for her, um, I just graduated from the University of St. Thomas, a Catholic school, so I've been drilled with that information for the past four years. Do you believe that information? I do. That thing about uh, the parachute and putting on Jesus Christ, what, what do you think about that concept? I think that's completely true, because if you don't live your life as a Christian and show it for other people to see, then you're not really spreading God's love and God's word the way that you should be. A lot of people talk about a relationship with Jesus Christ, that it's, it's really the primary thing is about having a relationship with Jesus Christ, about knowing him. Do you think that you have a relationship with Jesus Christ? Yeah, I do. I'm probably not as strong as a relationship as what I should. Um, what does that mean? Well, oftentimes you feel like you could do more or you don't pray enough or you don't... How often do you pray? Every day. How often do you read your Bible? Ooh, not very often. <laughs> when was the last time you read your Bible? Um, probably by myself, not for months, but... Are you engaged or married or anything? No. Boyfriend? Yep. Okay, let's just say that you went away on a trip, okay, and you were gone because you had to work for three months, and your boyfriend sent you love letters and called and left messages at the hotel desk, but you never took the time to open up his letters, and you never returned his phone calls. Now, if I were just examining that, what do you think I would conclude about how you feel about your boyfriend? I don't feel anything for my boyfriend. Okay, so do you think it's been at least three months since you've read your Bible? Yeah, not, I mean, that I've actually opened it myself and read it, but I actively go to church every Sunday and am involved in youth group. So in a way, I'm reading the Bible indirectly, but not... Okay, but you hear the, but you hear the analogy, don't you? That right. you'd probably conclude, hmm, maybe that person isn't very fond of the person sending the letters. That's what the Bible is. It's a bunch of letters to us from God. So what do you think somebody might conclude if they saw your Christian walk, your relationship with him, and you weren't ever reading his love letters to you? Not good. <laughs> yeah, so why do you, why do you think um, it's not as good as it should be? Um, time. I think that's a problem. Maybe even sometimes I need a reminder. I think if I had someone calling me every night to tell me to do it, then obviously I would do it more often. It's not that I don't want to. It's just... I'm tired, I go right to bed, you know, and it's not that I can't just do it at night, but I think time. Can I share something with you? You seem like a very nice person. You really do seem like a nice person. That you've, you, Well, you do, and you've thought some of these things through, and you go to church and what have you. I used to be that way a lot, too. Um, 
I kind of acknowledged God and I went, oh yes, he definitely exists. And I believed it, but I never put him on. And the reason I didn't put him on was because I thought that God was just this big, nice guy out there who just kind of existed to take care of us and do nice things for us. But then I learned that what the Bible says is that he is loving, but he's also righteous and he's just and he's holy. And there's going to come a day of judgment when he judges us for everything that we do and think. And when I understood that, and when I understood the Ten Commandments, is how he's going to judge us. Because the Ten Commandments are the perfect example of God's character. And I realized, whoa, I am not going to do well on that day of judgment. And the only way that I can access that forgiveness of Jesus dying on the cross is if I repent and put my trust in the one who, despite the fact that he really should send me to hell, instead he chose to die for me which is just like the opposite extreme. And when I really started to understand that, wow, instead of punishing me, he took the punishment for me, and I repented. I got on my knees, and I begged God to forgive me for it. And I said, Lord, I'm sorry, and I'm, I promise I'm going to live my life for you instead of me now. That's when it all changed. I got saved. And then the craziest thing happened. I just started reading my Bible because I wanted to. And I prayed because I just wanted to talk to that one that did that incredible thing for me. So I wonder, do you think maybe that might be the problem with your Christian walk is that you've never really recognized and understood the exceeding sinfulness of your sin and God's amazing grace in saving us? Do you think that's possible? Yeah, somewhat, but I don't I don't think I agree with the fact that I need to get down on my knees and ask for or beg for what. Why not? Why not? I don't know. I just think there's other ways of going about that. And How, how do you think that is? I don't even know a good example. It's just like just living your life as a true Christian. I think God realizes that not necessarily, I guess, I don't know. I kind of go both ways. I guess it is necessary to maybe ask for that. And I do ask for forgiveness and I do ask to be part of God's kingdom and everything like that. But I don't think it's necessary to. What happened to Jesus was he got whipped with something called a cat of nine tails. Do you know what that is? And they would whip their back, and flesh was torn off of his back. They beat his back, and they beat his legs. They punched him in the face. They spit on him. They smashed thorns on his head. And then they drove nails into his wrist. And then they also said that what they've learned is that the nails didn't go through the top of the feet. You know, you probably see the picture of Jesus dying, and the nails went through the top of his feet. Well, because the nails that they find near crucifixion sites um, aren't long enough for that, they think that what they did was instead they banged the nails through the uh, Achilles right here and nailed their feet to the side of the cross. So knowing that, that God hates, hates sin that much that he punished his own son that much for sin, you don't think it's appropriate to get on your knees and beg God for, for mercy when he obviously hates sin that much? I do, but I don't. I don't think, no, I don't think it's necessary to get on your knees and beg for it. He's just going to give it to you. Why? No, I don't think he's just going to give it to you, but I don't think... You literally need to get on your knees and beg for it. All right, let's, let's go back to your boyfriend scenario, okay? How close are you with your boyfriend? Very close. Okay, so your boyfriend, it turns out, just had an affair with uh, her. Okay, then I would okay. get on my knees and beg for it. <laughs> I can see where this one's going. Yeah, you... you, you well, you, I don't know, actually. Well, if your boyfriend... Let's say your boyfriend had an affair with her, uh, with Lindsay, all right? And your boyfriend came to you and said, Hey, um, I had an affair with uh, Lindsay. I just wanted you to know that. And I'm going to try to be um, pretty good from now on. Do you think you'd take him back? Um, probably over time. Actually, I You'd expect a little more, wouldn't you? Right. I mean, if he was really sorry, there'd probably be tears. He'd be sorry. He'd be begging for your forgiveness. Yep. <laughs> okay, see, that's a good analogy. See, that's, see, we need to understand how God feels about our sin. And until we do, 
oh, we're just going to treat God kind of casually. But when you understand that, yes, he's love, but he's also a righteous judge who hates sin so much. What the Bible says that when that happened to Jesus, the Bible actually says it pleased God that that happened. When we understand that. Do you think the only way or you're treating God casually if you don't get on your knees and beg for his... What do you, well, let's go back to your boyfriend. Do you think he'd be treating you kind of casually if he wasn't a little bit sorrowful? Yeah, but he's not God also. No, but we're talking about your position before God. I mean, if, how's about with your parents? Let's say that you were a kid and you ever break something, ever wreck something of your parents, and you stood before your parents and you said, Hey, Mom, Dad, I'm sorry I broke that really expensive vase. I'll, uh, I'm going to work really hard on not doing it again, and I'm going to be a pretty good kid. Your parents would probably be a little torqued with a rather casual response to breaking something very valuable, wouldn't they? Right. But do you consider praying for God, praying to God for forgiveness and being a part of his kingdom and everything acceptable, or is it just literally getting on your knees and begging? Well, see, I I, I don't know what posture you need to assume, because I, I don't think God judges the posture, but I think it's probably indicative of how you're really feeling in your heart. Right. Well, then, you know, that that's different. I mean, just by being in Christian relationships, being in Christian youth groups. Well, see, he's not looking for that. He's not looking for How do you know? that. Well, that's what the Bible says. Here's what I want to let me share something really interesting with you. When um, when Mary, when the angel came to Mary and said, "Hey, you're going to have a baby," she said, "I can't have a baby because I've never known a man." The word to know, I've never known a man, and we know that that's an intimate thing, right? And what Jesus says is, when on the day of judgment. Some people are going to say, Lord, Lord, I did all these things. I did this. I clothed people. I fed people. I did all kinds of things in your name, Jesus. And he's going to say, depart from me, you wicked one, into everlasting hellfire. I never knew you. And it's the same word that Mary used about knowing a man. See, God wants an intimate, knowing relationship with you. What's most important is not the stuff that you do. It's your relationship to him. But you're getting to know God when you're in church and when you're in youth groups and when you're singing and praising him. I mean, it's not... Well, I'm going to try another analogy with your boyfriend, okay? Back to work soon. Okay, let's go back to your boyfriend. Your boyfriend says, hey, I want to, I want to have a relationship with you. Um, don't want to spend a whole lot of time with you, but I'm going to go see a lot of movies, and I'll think about you sometimes, and I'm going to go out to dinner without you, but um, we'll still be dating, and we're going to have a close relationship. What would you think about that? I would say no, but then again, I would go back and say that a boyfriend and Jesus Christ are two different people. Absolutely they are, but that's, but that's what he wants. See, he doesn't want us to just be tripping through life for ourselves. He wants us to live for him, and if we don't exhibit that through what we do, it proves that, well, we really don't feel that way about him, and what he says is, sorry, depart from me, you wicked one in everlasting hellfire. I never knew you. See, he wants to know you. That's sorry, are you out here trying to make people feel bad? <laughs> no, you know what? I, well, the reason that I'm not out here to make people feel bad, I'm hoping that people will understand what the Bible says so that when you do die... That you're, that you're safe, you're taken care of. And, you, and the other nice thing is, all he wants to do is save you. It's not like he wants to torture you, make you a member of a cult. He just wants to have a relationship with you and have you live your life for him. So that's not a horrible thing. No, it's not too bad. <laughs> but you recognize, probably rightly so, you recognize it asks for a lifestyle change. Yeah, it does. And I think the way you're describing it is obviously a true, perfect Christian in probably God's eyes. 
But I think, I'm not saying that it can't happen, but living in today's society, it's really hard to do exactly everything that the Bible says. And We can't be, we can't be perfect, but I don't think that God's going to be tricked or fooled. That's exactly right. Not tricked or fooled, and you're not going to be tricked or fooled because you realize we're listening to an older episode of Witness Wednesday. This is from a trip Todd made to Minnesota several years back. Downtown Minnesota is where he's been, and we're going to continue looking back in just a moment. Stay with us. It's a Witness Wednesday on Wretched Radio. I believe in a culture of life. One of the most impactful moments of my life was when I heard the heartbeat of my oldest daughter uh, in my wife's womb and then saw the sonograms of all three of my kids. The sonogram or the, the pictures that are taken of babies, still a profoundly helpful tool, which encourages me to encourage you to consider supporting Preborn Ministries. Preborn Ministries and their network clinics, they are giving away free ultrasounds to women, but they do cost something. It's $28 an ultrasound. And just as you heard Governor DeSantis say, his view of life was profoundly changed when he saw the baby in the womb when you see the form and the shape and the fingers and the heartbeat would you please consider supporting preborn it's a great ministry of life it has a high anthropology shares the gospel with women and with the dads preborn.org slash wretched preborn.org slash wretched well thanks to our amazing gospel partners around here we have been able to accomplish some pretty amazing things in 2023 this past year we were able to launch season two of transformed we launched wretched worldview 2 and let's not forget season four of road trip to truth plus hundreds of hours of wretched tv and radio now what's possible for 2024 well we are excited to tell you about something new that we'll be starting next year. Can't let the cat out of the bag just yet, but what we can tell you is we need your help in order to make it happen. That's why we want you to prayerfully consider becoming an ongoing monthly gospel partner. And right now through the end of the year, when you do that, every donation you give will be matched dollar for dollar. So join us, become a gospel partner today and together let's make 2024 even wretched-er. In a good way, of course. So you aren't convinced of the importance of training godly men to rightly divide the word of truth in churches internationally? Well then, we'll let Paul Washer convince you. You have to support men who are elder qualified proclaimers of the word. When we support a man coming out of TMAI, we know not only that he is properly trained, but we know that he will still be supervised. Would you please join TMAI, the Master's Academy International, in advancing the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ through expository preaching in local churches around the globe. It's a magnificent ministry and it's so important. Please consider partnering with TMAI at wretched.org slash pastor, wretched.org slash pastor. Thank you for supporting indigenous pastors around the world. Hermeneutics. Hermeneutics is the art and science of interpreting scripture. When reading the Bible, begin with these three questions. What does it say? What does it mean? What difference does it make? Many common mistakes can be avoided with basic hermeneutics. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. All right, here we go. Let's wander up to this guy 
sitting on the uh, step here reading something. I wonder if he'll talk to me on the radio. Sir, would you be willing to talk to me on the radio? What are you reading about, tattoos? Tattoo magazine. There's a magazine dedicated to tattoos, huh? Quite a few of them, yeah. Is that more than one, really? Yeah. yeah. Cool. How old are you? I'm 19. What's your name? My name is Garrett. Garrett, you got one tattoo on your arm, right? I got one here and then one on my back. And uh, what exactly do these tattoos represent? Well, this one is the Sacred Heart. It's like old school Catholic type art. And the one on my back says agape. It's a... Love. Yeah. It's... Let's see what we got here. And it is just a huge agape. Cool. Very nice. Christ's love for men. What does that mean? What does that mean? It's There's three different kinds of love in ancient Greek, and one is like brotherly love, and one is like love between you know, husband and wife, and the other one is between God and man. Um, and God's love for man, you know, he sent his only son to uh, come to this earth and die to pay for all of our sins. Is that right? So that must be what you uh, believe about God, huh? Yeah, I'm a Christian. I believe that. He sent his only one, one and only son, Jesus Christ, to come to this earth and die and um, sacrifice. Why, why do you have to do that? Well, you know, we're all born sinners, um, and we can't take away our own sin. Christ was pure. He was uh, without flaw, sinless, and he came as the Lamb of God to sacrifice himself to pay for all of our sins. So let's say that I, uh, I want that. How do I get that forgiveness? Right. Um, well... Um, you know, if you if you're you know you're searching for that, it's it's pretty easy. I mean, it's just it's a confession of the heart. You know, it's it's a belief that, um, you know, you've you're born a sinner. You know, and you have to admit that at first. You know, you just say, look, you know, I am a sinner, and and you have to realize that, um, and to pray and ask God for your forgiveness, um, and to believe that He is the only way to heaven. Um, that he did send his one and only son to to pay for your sins and um, to ask Christ to come into your life and to forgive you of those sins. And what if I don't do that? Well, <laughs> I mean, you know, if if that's the way your boat floats, but um, it's it's the one and true way to heaven. And so if I understood that, if I don't do what you just said, I'm going to hell? Yeah, pretty much. So everybody's going to hell who doesn't believe what you just said? Yeah, and what about uh, little babies in Africa who never get to hear what you just talked about? Well, you know, there's different there's different ways God speaks to people. You know, the way that he he feels. You know, and if if they, you know, it's a different personal belief. I guess is what I'm saying. Um, there are missionaries that go to Africa and stuff. So, but they still have to believe in Jesus, right? Yeah. Okay. When was the last time you read your Bible? Three days ago, actually. How often do you read that book? I try every day, <laughs> but you know it's it's a that is definitely one of the struggles um, for myself is just a daily walk with Christ, a daily relationship with Him. That's a struggle for you. How come? Well, it's just you get busy. <laughs> you know, it's it's sometimes I find it hard to find time to read my Bible and to study with God and stuff, um, and to spend time in prayer. And um, but you know, prayer is a different thing. It's it's also talking to God, having conversations with God, and and you don't have to be in church to do that or whatever, you know. Would you consider yourself to be a good person? A good person. I would say definitely not bad. I mean, I have my struggles, but yeah, I'm a pretty good guy. Are you one of those born-again Christians? Yeah, I'm definitely born-again Christian. I became a Christian at about seven years old, and 
I didn't really understand what it meant. You know, I was just kind of raising the church and stuff. Um, but my senior year of high school, I kind of, you know, I was kind of tired of just the emptiness that I had because I was looking for, you know, in drugs and, and girls and stuff to fill a hole in my life. And really it was God that I needed, you know. So I rededicated my life to Christ and I, you know, I told him, I was like, hey man, I can't do this on my own, you know, and I need God's help. And so I'm definitely living my life for Christ now. So I just heard you say two things. I thought you just said that you believe in Jesus because he died for your sins. But then I heard you say that you decided to believe in Jesus because you were feeling kind of empty and you couldn't do life by yourself. Which one is it? Well, it's what I meant was, okay, I know I knew when I was young that, you know, this is the way and the, and the reason why is because you're born with sin in your life. It doesn't take away the sin in your life, but he does forgive you for the sins in your life. And so, like... When I was young and I came to know Christ, um, I didn't really understand the the full package, I guess. You know, I wasn't, I knew I was saved, but I wasn't living my life for Christ. Um, You know, I just kind of did my own thing and all that, but it definitely wasn't pleasing to me. Um, You know, life isn't, isn't grand and isn't, uh, it isn't easy. It's, it's actually a lot harder when you decide to give your life to Christ. So what was your motive for believing in Jesus Christ? I know that he is the one true way to heaven, and he is—he's uh, definitely love. He's an awesome dude. He really is. Christ is 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 awesome. He gives you love unconditionally. You know, he's forgiving, and he he's always going to be here for you no matter what. And just the fact that I know that there's nothing on this earth that can fulfill my joy more than Christ. You know. Okay, so you're really convinced of this, right? Oh yeah, definitely. Okay, so if you think that everybody in this plaza needs to believe that in order to go to heaven, do you tell people this a lot? Yeah, you know, but I'm definitely outspoken about it. I'm not preachy, though. There's a lot of Christians out there that I believe it's between them and God the way that they want to witness to people and stuff, you know, but I'm more or less witnessed by my actions. Um, Right, but like that woman, see that nice lady over there reading her book? Let's just say that she's going to hell because she doesn't believe what you believe. How come we don't talk to her about it? Well, it's not that I wouldn't. You know, I mean, I would definitely be fine with coming up and, you know, talking to her about it and stuff. It's just that sometimes when you're preachy like that, it, it rather more just turns people off to Christ than, than onto him, you know? And so, like, honestly, in that, in that random situation, I would rather just, like, pray for her, you know? And I do that, too. I When I see people, I'm kind of just like, you know, God reach that person, you know, and, and help them out. And Okay, so let's say that joy that you're talking about, what if life gets hard? I mean, let's. what if you get cancer and you're in a hospital bed and suddenly God isn't, what did you call Jesus, a groovy dude or an awesome yeah, dude? He's pretty cool, a pretty cool guy. So let's say bad things like that start to happen. Are you still going to believe? Oh, definitely. Why? Because, I mean, you know, there's there's life, you know, life goes on as it is, but, you know, there's, God can take, the worst situation and pull the best out of it, you know? I mean, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you a story, right. and I want you to tell me which one of these people you are, right. okay? I'm going to tell you the story about two people getting onto an airplane, and the first guy gets onto an airplane, and the flight attendant hands him a parachute and says, here, put this parachute on. It'll make your flight better. The guy gets on the plane, gets his stuff stowed away in the overhead compartment, sits down, and thinks, you know, I sure would like a nice flight. I don't like flying very much. Last time I flew, it wasn't very fun at all. That lady sure was nice and trustworthy. I'm going to put the parachute on and see if it makes my flight better. 
So the guy puts the parachute on, and it's kind of heavy, and it's awkward, and it's heavy, and it makes him lean forward, and the seatbelt cuts into his middle. And more than that, the people on the airplane start to point and laugh at him because he's wearing a parachute inside of an airplane. So the guy gets really sort of disgusted. He's uncomfortable. People are laughing at him, so he takes off the parachute, and he stuffs it underneath the seat because it didn't make his flight better. Now, let's contrast that to guy number two. Guy number two gets onto the airplane, and the flight attendant says, Here, put this parachute on at 30,000 feet. This plane is going to go down, and if you don't have this parachute on, you're going down with it. The guy rips the parachute out of her hand, puts it on before he can get to his seat, sits down. Even though it's heavy, it's uncomfortable, it's awkward, the seatbelt cuts into his middle, and despite the fact that people point and giggle, he doesn't take off the, off the uh, parachute. And he doesn't take off the parachute because... He didn't put it on to make his flight better. He put it on to save himself from the wrath that is to come. Now let's parallel that to your Christian walk. Do you think you put on Jesus to make your flight better or to save you from the wrath that is to come? I'd be, I'd be guy number two. I know that God, you know, it's it's not that he makes things easy at all. By far, it's like I said, it's, it's more of a challenge um, and a harder life actually to live your life for Christ. There's so many going against it um but there's a lot going for it these days and just the fact that with me personally you know when things get rough i can always go to christ you know people are going to let you down god won't you know and he's there for you um but did you believe in jesus to make your flight better or to save yourself from the wrath that is to come it's a combination but i would say you know more to to save myself from the wrath that is to come it's it's gonna be pretty bad all right. Hey, tell me your name again. My name is Garrett. Garrett, I'm sorry. Thank you very much for talking yeah, to me today. I appreciate it very much. Yeah, dude. Thanks. See you. Enjoy your tattoo magazine. All righty. We are broadcasting from PV Plaza in downtown Minneapolis. We just talked to Garrett, who gave his confession of faith. Now, I need to describe Garrett for you. I probably should have done that before we began talking to Garrett. Garrett's got um, black hair, and it's cut in a way that you probably wouldn't suspect he's a born-again Christian. He's got a tattoo on his arm, one on his back, and I kind of picked Garrett because I thought, well, this should be interesting. And indeed it was. He's born again. In fact, <laughs> I think he did awfully fine. Alrighty, you're the surprise of the day, by the way. Surprise of the day? Yeah, I didn't have you picked for being a born-again Christian. Well, there you go. Yeah, that was a surprise of the day because Garrett kind of had me fooled as well. But hey, look, pray for him. Pray for Aaron. Pray for Lindsay. Pray for Jordan. Pray for all of the people that Todd encountered in this. Look back to a trip he took to Minnesota several years ago. We don't know where these four individuals are today. Are they closer to the Lord than they were the day Todd spoke with them? Well, let's be praying for them. And we will see you right back here next week for more witnessing and tomorrow for more wretched radio and until then go serve your king